Welcome to Elephants in the Room on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Here are your hosts, Joe and Kendall. You're listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. This is Elephants in the Room. I'm your host, George Akala. I'm uh, joined today with Kendall Hamilton and Joe Calazzi. Joe and Kendall, welcome to the show. Hold on, what? That's not how this, this works. Is not, no, this no, no, is not. No, no, our no. show. No, 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 no. You are the guest. You are. The you said guest host. No, no, no. That means yeah, I guest. run the show. Okay, fine. I'm about to downgrade you from host to hostess. Okay. <laughs> so no, no. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the real uh, elephants in the room. Uh, we are your real hosts, uh, Joe and uh, Kendall. It's uh, we're happy to be here with you. Uh, today we are joined by, uh, let's be clear, our guests hosts. Our guest hosts we have uh, in the room with us. Uh, you've already met George. Uh, welcome to the show, George. And then uh, we also have Forrest here with us today, a rare uh, two-in-one combo, as they say, a two-for-one special. They're doing that at McDonald's right now if you want to grab that. <laughs> How's it going, Forrest? How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you doing, yeah, I Joe? don't care. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, we have a lot to cover and not a lot of time to cover it and a lot of boys to to cover cover up <laughs> or I, yeah. yeah maybe just uh, stop with that one let's get right into the news see joe <laughs> i said it as a joke um in our first couple episodes that oh yeah haha we'll be talking about ukraine every week uh but here we are in the third episode of us talking about ukraine and we've had three episodes total so far so what's going on with Ukraine this week, Joe? Ukraine, we got a lot happening. We got a lot bussing, as the kids say. As of a few days ago, uh, Ukraine uh, all but claimed responsibility uh, for a uh, what Putin is calling a terrorist attack, with uh, which destroyed parts of the main bridge connecting Crimea to mainland Russia. This was followed by an unprecedented reaction in which Russia responded with the largest aerial attack since the start of the war. Uh, using guided missiles to surgically take out key government infrastructure I in thought they, Kiev. I thought they vaulted guided missiles from Fortnite. <laughs> the audience, any, like, audience base, Kendall. I'm, get the audience. this guy. No. <laughs> well, they used uh, rockets from Fortnite. They uh, boogie-bombed uh, quite a bit of Kiev, uh, destroying even... They even took a, a, a big ol' L on President Zelensky's office, uh, uh, allegedly. Um, so this response was immediately followed by an emergency meeting of the G7 uh, countries, uh, basically saying that, yeah, we're going to continue to back Ukraine, uh, even if they take L after L in, uh, you know, the battle royale. Um, another side of this that no one's talking about, uh, and this actually comes from the New York Times, uh, that these strikes were meticulous and surgically directed uh, mitigating, actually, the amount of civilian casualties. Uh, so this actually suggests that Russia's military capabilities uh, may be far greater than uh, the prolonged nature of the war has led many countries in the West to believe. Um, we also have China and India, thought to be allies of Russia, uh, sort of going in as the trio uh, in the Fortnite Battle Royale uh, in Ukraine right now. Uh, they had called upon a uh, de-escalation of tensions uh, in Kiev, uh, Israel voicing sentiments from much of Western uh, countries which condemned the Russian attacks on uh, what they called a civilian population, um, which is, seems to be what the media is drumming this up to be. Yes, after the, all of this, uh, the Russian embassy responded saying that they only hit military communications and energy facilities. They also pointed out that Israel and then the rest of the West by extension chose to, quote, stand silent during the crimes of the Kiev regime. These alleged crimes include the Crimean Bridge attack and the persecution of ethnically Russian Ukrainians 
in Donbass, the attack on a defenseless refugee convoy in, oh, I don't want to read these names. Kharkov. Kharkov, and the countless murders carried out by the neo-Nazi Azov Battalion. Uh, do we have any idea where the uh, ghost of Kiev is now? <laughs> Well, legend has it. I, I don't know why he's the ghost of Kiev, you know. I feel like that implies that he, he's dead. You know, I, I don't think that might be problematic for a uh, sort of conflict scenario that your, uh, your main inspiration is someone who, who died in said conflict. You know, speaking of conflict, uh, the recent Hillsdale College homecoming was not without um, accusations being hurled and just a lot of... Uh, not so nice things being said. So, Kendall, do you want to fill us in on that? George, did you really just segue from the war in Ukraine to homecoming <laughs> week at Hillsdale? I'm not saying they're comparable, but I think, like, every story has things that are somewhat relatable, and it just takes the right person to put those things together. It's like a good DJ who can mix two songs, and th that's what I uh, see myself well, as. George, you you definitely have established yourself as the right person. I, I would even say the only person that would draw comparisons between uh, the ongoing uh, peer conflict that's taking place in Ukraine and uh, the uh, contested, highly contested results of the uh, mock rock uh, finale. Um, so yeah, I mean, let's let's dive into that. I guess as George eloquently segued us into, mock rock is over. Uh, the homecoming week is over, and we have your victors. Your victors include uh, who who ended up winning? I'm not for uh, all of homecoming week. The the OCC, the Off Campus Coalition, actually won. But if you're referring to if, mock if they rock, came up with a name like that, I I, <laughs> I, I see no reason. <laughs> I see uh, it, it seems self-evident why they had to move off campus. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're referring to, to Mock Rock individually, that would actually be, be New Dorm, believe it or not, a, mm -hmm. an all-female dorm that um, had a, an okay Mock Rock presentation by, by most people's okay. standards. But the, the okay, judges they were, won. The judges were clearly blown away by their outlaying of the plot of the office for the entire time. Perhaps one could say that the, uh, the votes for New Dorm are comparable to the uh, Ghost of Kiev. It's true. It's true. They, or even the Ghost of Kiev mock rock new dorm votes could have been analogous to the mystery votes brought in in Fulton County, which <laughs> robbed Donald Trump of the election in 2020. If, you know, I'm going to exercise my segue powers as George has eloquently done his. Um, but no, to those who don't know, uh, mock rock was the grand finale of our homecoming week of festivities here at Hillsdale. Uh, where the good people of Hillsdale, uh, the good students, uh, got together in their groups and they did a little dance performance to a theme. That theme happened to be the worst possible theme imaginable, which was uh, music from the early to mid-2000s, I believe. So uh, they're not sending their best. <laughs> but no, uh, very, very uh, sort of contested uh results from that uh, as uh, very many people worked uh, tirelessly. I know uh, people from my dorm as well. I'm sure, uh, Kendall, people from the fraternity, uh, that coalition have been uh, out many a night practicing, you know, working hard, putting in time, talent, and treasure, as they say, uh, in fielding a great mock rock team. Um, all for the results to be uh, a little uh, less than satisfactory for a lot of these people. You know, the analogy I can draw, so obviously we can't show you guys the dances and let you choose for yourself, but New Dorm's routine is like a low-budget film. Like, it, it leaves you with a good <laughs> feeling afterwards. Um, maybe you know someone in that film, so you're happy to see it. Well, who, who do you think should have taken the cake, George? 
I think so. The uh, teams that got second, third, fourth, and fifth, I think you could make a case for each of those teams. Each of them had different stories. You know, the ones with the the dorms with the better stories generally had worse stunts and vice versa. Hmm. Um, but I think they were all on the level of high budget Marvel movies. Whereas, yeah, I mean, New Dorm. Let, let's just be frank. It wasn't good entertainment, and that's all I'm going <laughs> to say about that. Um, I don't know if any of you guys have. If any we're more establishing added. high budget Marvel movies as quote good entertainment, <laughs> you know, I think that we may have some some problems here among the consensus drawn. But no, I've heard. I've actually heard a little bit of a rumor. You know, this is this is coming from the deep web. From Q, Q told me this himself. <laughs> uh, he said, "Joe, I have I have I have a little Q drop, my fellow patriot," and I said, "Give it to me." <laughs> And he said, word on the street is that the, uh, the SAB, uh, who picked the judges, who announced the winning uh, teams, who organized the whole event, uh, the Student Activities Board, uh, they actually read the uh, – so, ba- so they, they announced first through fifth. They accidentally read fifth through first. And judging on the caliber, as, as you've touched on, George, of the performances, which I saw – uh, I, I I see that that could very easily be the case. Um, I think they they gave Simpson dorm uh, the fifth place spot, and I, I correct me if I'm wrong, or you know argue with me or whatever. But I think arguably they had perhaps the best stunts, yep. just in, in terms of stunts go. Um, they gave I think uh, Whitwat Way. Um, and Needfeld tied for third. Tied for third, which no one saw coming because both Needfeld and Whitwat Way put up very stellar performances. I I would say uh, utilized a lot of those both. You know, good stunts as well as uh, good narrative building uh, tools to make a very, uh, as George says, Marvel tier, uh, <laughs> high budget Marvel movie performance. But no, I, I think that there's there's a little bit of credence to that. That like maybe there maybe the criteria uh, was a little bit more, shall we say, expanded than uh, one might think. You know. Yeah, and I think it's really a shame. Um, me and Joe last year, if you listen to the Loft podcast, uh, we, we talked about the Charger Chop scandal. We were on the Loft podcast. Yep. That scandal, it might surprise you. Do you know who was also involved in that scandal? Who? Student Activities Oh, board. my goodness. The same people who run Mock Rock. Oh, my goodness. So I think what happens is I think the judges did choose who they wanted to the win with Simpson being on top. Um, and SAB wanted to make it look like an accident, so they read them off wrong. I think this was the plan all along. They brought in. They're bringing in Dominion voting machines. They're <laughs> they're they're swapping the votes out at two a.m. Making Simpson putting Simpson at the bottom. Uh, bringing in a bunch of mystery ballots, mystery judges to vote for uh, New Dorm. Uh, it's 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 terrible what's happening to our school. I think. I think my favorite part of all this was that after Mock Rock. And even even before Mock Rock, SAB had just given up on counting up the scores. Like they had a chalkboard up in the union all week where they were tallying up the the scores after each week. They quit on Thursday. They have so they posted on their Instagram who won Mock Rock and who won overall, but they have simply not updated any of the other placings because they were either too lazy to or they were some would say well, covering up their their misdeed. That may be because of the uh, the uh, fiasco at the uh, minute to win it where they uh were unable to uh, do simple addition and subtraction and uh, compute the uh, winners of that event. Twice. I will. Twice. I, I must remind that they did it twice. Were they, they unwilling or did they refuse? You see, did that's they, the question. Were they, were they unable or were they unwilling? Is what I, I would mean. go so far as to say SAB may be the most corrupt organization <laughs> on campus. <laughs> no. You see, I've always been told to attribute, attribute to ignorance uh, before you attribute to malice. But no. in the case of SAB, 
yeah, I would simply say that they are incompetent. I can only attribute to ignorance so many times <laughs> until I, I feign ignorance of the ignorance that has been uh, done upon me. No, and I, I think if you really look at homecoming week, I think going into it, SAB who ha- has who they want to win already picked out. And I think that was pretty evident from the beginning that maybe this year it was New Dorm or, um, you know, I think it was... Overall, it just wasn't Simpson. You know, Simpson was not placing in the events that they should have placed in. And us here, I think we're not all Simpson fans. But to say that they were fifth in Mock Rock. No. My my three-year-old cousin could have told you that uh, Simpson had a better performance than New Dorm. See, so. George, you're getting into some hot water, because that is, that is a fairly common conspiracy theory around campus. And I must, I must confess my conflict of interest here. I was, in fact, a part of one of the Mock Rock teams, the Greek Row team, actually. And the rumor that all of the Greek houses like to throw around is that, oh, SAB created Homecoming Week to, as a big screw you to, to Greek life, and they would never, they would never let a, a Greek team win. That also may just have. be <laughs> that may just be to cover up the fact that there are maybe six Greek students who participate during homecoming week out of the the many many of them that there are. But Greek life, no, the SAB is not racist towards Greek ethnicity students, Greek life <laughs> students. Let's 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 put in proper context. So, if all of you thought that our discussion about the corruptness of SAB made you sick. Just wait until you get to the discussion about COVID-19. <laughs> Joe, I'll let you take it from here. Oh, my gosh. Okay, Jordan. Yes, the, the, the sickness of COVID, it's hitting everybody, uh, especially uh, our friend. Uh, this comes uh, from this morning, actually. Uh, the uh, member of the European Parliament, uh, Rob Roos, uh, representing the Netherlands, uh, he took to national television to inform that upon being questioned by the European Parliament, uh, Pfizer officials actually had to admit that the, their vaccine, uh, when it was initially introduced, was never tested uh, for prevent, actually preventing the transmission of the disease. Uh, we have audio of that uh, interaction right now. Was the Pfizer COVID vaccine tested on stopping the transmission of the virus before it entered the market? If not, please say it clearly. If yes, are you willing to share the data with this committee? And I really want a straight answer, yes or no, and I'm looking forward to it. Thank you very much. Um, regarding the question around, um, did we know about stopping humanization before um, it entered the market? No. Uh, these, um, you know, we had to really move at the speed of science to really understand what is taking place in the market. Ross went on in this video that he shared to point out the absurdity of these COVID passports, these vaccine passports that were used to say, if you are not vaccinated, you can't come here. Because the whole justification for those was that the vaccinated people don't transmit the disease to other people. You could still you could still get COVID yourself, but you won't give it to anybody else. And that's why to go on a plane, to go into public gatherings, to go to a concert, you have to have a, um, a vaccine. And then by extension, this vaccine passport. Come to find out, that's just simply not true. That's not what that vaccine does. So these were completely absurd. And it was just a way to virtue signal that, oh, yes, I've gotten the vaccine. Yeah. And then he was quoted afterwards of saying this is scandalous. Uh, millions of people worldwide felt forced to get vaccinated uh, because of the myth that, quote, you do it for others. Um, and then he went on to say that this removes the entire legal basis for the COVID passport that led to the massive institutional discrimination. Uh, as people lost access to essential parts of society, I find this to be shocking, even criminal, end quote. 
Um, so yeah, no, I mean, sentiments are there. I think that uh, many people are very much vehemently upset, uh, especially people who had to get the vaccine, people who uh, didn't get the vaccine uh, and were barred from participating in certain aspects of society. And of course, this extends beyond Europe, also in the United States as well. I'll be interested to know that uh, how much research they put into the monkeypox vaccine. Oh, yes. No. The uh, COVID vaccine. We need uh, we need a monkeypox passport for various <laughs> reasons. All right. Well, again, this news broke this morning, so we'll probably have further developments on that. Uh, but you're listening to Elephants in the Room on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Joe, I wanted to bring up the arguably the biggest news of this week, and that's that a rival show has popped up to combat elephants in the room what could this be would that be what the be? uh the forest and george show unfortunately no, unfortunately not. i will not. make sure that that is not the case it will not be the forest and george show <laughs> no i'm actually referring to a show with very very comparable viewer numbers and that would be the tulsi gabbard show because we're clearly on that level you're saying that tulsi gabbard started her show way before we started ours to make sure that uh we would we she could compete with us in some way that's exactly it that's exactly what she did <laughs> But anyways, if you have not heard the news already, Tulsi Gabbard announced that she's leaving the Democratic Party. I can no longer remain in today's Democratic Party that's under the complete control of an elitist cabal of warmongers who were driven by cowardly wokeness. Now, I believe in a government that's of the people, by the people, and for the people. Unfortunately, today's Democratic Party does not. Instead, it stands for a government that is of, by, and for the powerful elite. Now, I'm calling on my fellow common sense, independent-minded Democrats to join me in leaving the Democratic Party. What? What? Oh my goodness, I, who, who could have seen that coming? Who could have seen it coming? <laughs> <laughs> but no, if you'd like to, she's got a whole 28-minute podcast episode out today on YouTube, if you'd like to check that out, uh, that explains her reasons. We're not going to go into all of them here. It's a very typical that the modern Democratic Party is crazy. One of her big concerns is that they seem to keep bringing us closer to nuclear war, which is very true. They reject the idea that a woman I- exists. Um, that oh was one goodness. of her big concerns. And, you know, she is a woman. So she would know. She, she would know. She would know. <laughs> Uh, she was very upset with how the Biden administration and other Democrats have demonized parents of children for going to to school board meetings. Um, all of this you can find in that episode, as I said. Uh, I just wanted to remind our viewers, though, that um, although Tulsi Gabbard is very cool, very based, as the kids say, for rejecting the Democratic Party, she's not exactly a conservative hero, um, so to speak. I've got here a, a list of policy uh, positions and other such things from Ballotpedia. Most of these were from her 2020 campaign, so it's possible that some of these have changed, but um, I just thought it was interesting that she had voted to terminate Trump's declaration of an emergency at the U.S.-Mexican border, uh, which allowed him to bypass Congress and reallocate the funds to build the wall himself. Um, When she succeeded her presidential race, she said, today I'm suspending my presidential campaign and offering my full support to Vice President Joe Biden in his quest to bring our country together. Um, she supports, this is the big one, she supports universal health care. Uh, she supported a ban on fracking and wants to end subsidies for all fossil fuels and nuclear, um, which isn't absurd if you're like a libertarian and don't want to give taxpayer dollars. Uh, but she also thinks that we need to invest in solar, wind, and other forms of renewable energy. Uh, she called Trump's trade policies a disaster for bailing out farmers. She said we need to resolve student debt and guarantee college for all. And this is way back, but she did endorse Bernie Sanders in 2016. So uh, what party is she going to be joining now that she's made her departure from the Democrats? I don't know. Probably the Tulsi Gabbard party for 
Democrats who don't want to be Democrats anymore, but really were never Democrats. Yeah, I don't think that actually fits the character count on the ballot, but... <laughs> I'm going to shrink that down into one little letter in parentheses, not, not exactly sure. But no, in that... In that video, she did. Um, some people have suggested that she may try to join the Republican Party, which, no. as I as I just pointed out, that seems rather unlikely. Oh, uh, you you watch. She's going to be like, um, I, I'm going to join um the Progress Party with Andrew <laughs> Andrew Yang. That's what she'll say <laughs> verbatim. She did. She did call for other uh, Democrats, both elected and non-elected, to join her in leaving the Democratic Party. Because I, of these I don't see what the but, point of that is, though, because like the majority of her, let's call it fan base. I don't know her her audience is not from the left. Like, as much as she, like, is saying that, like, oh, I'm I'm leaving the left, it's like, well, no. I mean, you you, you were very much reiterating a lot of these right-wing talking points, mm-hmm. and uh, the audience that you accrued was definitely not left-leaning in any case. I mean, the people that you want to leave the Democratic Party have, uh, for lack of a better term, uh, never been in the Democratic Party, <laughs> I, would, I would argue. I also just want to bring up that Forrest Yang on the show today is not related to Andrew Yang, so for any of the fan mail that was going to get sent about that, just want to clarify. Forrest, why would yeah. you not tell us that ahead of time? That's, That's the, the only reason we hooked you on. on this show. No, he actually is a, a, a relation. He's my, uh, my 50th cousin, actually. <laughs> Uh, thank you for listening to the show today. You know, it was great to have my two guests on. We're hostages um, <laughs> on our own show. This was a horrible idea. And I just want to thank, thank all the listeners. I know my best friend's listening today, so thank you, Grandma. I really appreciate <laughs> it. Um, so do you boys have any last comments before we go off the air? Does this make me your co-host? No. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. Again, this has been Elephants in the Room on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. I want to thank our listeners and hope you tune back in next week.